0: Here we go now, coin noises! Welcome to Super Garbage Day, a retro video game review show where an actual garbage man plays games 20 years or older that you, the listener, chooses. Every week, I randomly pick a game that is submitted by the community, and I play it, I dissect it, then we discuss. I'm the host, the Nature Boy Beef Supremo. So what is new in the land of Super Garbage Day Incorporated? Well... Road Rash 64 won our poll for the next Backlog Eternal game, so I will be firing up my 64 and more than likely streaming this one, um, or at least some of it. So come to the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash day, all one word, and see if I'm on there or not, or maybe you can get a notification. Also this week, I got to spend time in many times with an old school action adventure game that I never even knew existed. As always, you can catch my first impression video of the game's week. Wow. Dyslexia Hardcore. You can catch my first impression video of the week's game on our Super Garbage Day YouTube channel. Also, just look up YouTube Super Garbage Day podcast. Biggity boom, bam. Last week, I released some Backlog Eternal content on our Patreon. And as usual, here is a sample from the review of Outlast. Outlast. <laughs> I think this part of the game was the most gruesome. I think this part of the game was the most scary, and I just really like that villain. He, he. they made him really insane, but they made him believably insane, if that makes sense. Uh, it's about the midpoint of the game, and man, it's really cool. I, I like that, that whole area and that whole scene. Um, but just, uh, just know that Outlast is like jump scare city, and I really dislike jump scares. I think that's a terrible technique to entice fright. I think it's cheap but Outlast does a decent job of keeping it fresh. So for $2, you can join the Patreon and check out all the uncensored, ad-free, extra content with now well over 30-plus episodes. It's a good deal, man. Now it's time for that retro question of the week. Walter asks what is a genre you used to love but don't care for anymore then he adds in my case it's the beat-em-up my brother and i would play and beat almost every beat-em-up under the sun since the og double dragon the golden era of the early 90s when capcom and konami made the likes of final fight alien vs. predator dungeons and dragons tmnt the simpsons x-men was a time when i lived in the arcades true beautiful beautiful time period man that that simpsons arcade is a banger there's actually one in town um you can still go play at uh shout out to level up arcade eugene oregon Seeky wisdom chimes in and says for me the genre is jrpgs i have avoided most of them but i used to love playing them um, not so much anymore. I don't feel inspired to sit through 69 nice hours of random battles anymore. Zodiac adds, fighting games. I just think they got too technical and I don't like the community. While welcoming, just organically gatekeep. People who were good got better and people who were casual just played for a little fun and then got blown by. Nogs56 contributes saying fighting games and first person shooters, mainly because I'm old. You're not that old. I don't have the time to learn all the combos, strings, and all that I'll stick with my MK3 on my cabinet. That's dope, dude. First person shooters give me motion sickness. Turn-based games are all this geriatric attack can play anymore. What a man of high (laughs) self-esteem. But I feel ya. I think it's dope you got an MK3 cabinet. I'm very jealous of that. And finally, our own Mr. Miller chimes in with the same answer I had. And he says, for me, it's MMOs. I used to be really into them, but now they all just feel like bad WoW clones and I don't have the time to do the grind. That's true. I mean, all these answers are great. I can almost agree with them all. However, my favorite game of all time was Ultima Online. And since then I, like Mr. Miller, have an incredibly hard time capturing that feeling with the like new MMOs. I mean like once WoW came out, everybody copied that format. And Ultima Online style was left to die on the vine. So Yeah, I can't see myself ever playing another MMO again, to be honest, unless for some reason there's one that comes out that include my kids or something, you know. I don't know. Anyways, now it's time to ask, what are you reading? I've been listening to an audiobook called The Wide Carnivorous Sky by John Langan. It is a horror anthology that has to do with Zombies and it has to do with um like geological horrors. There's a little bit of vampires in there. It's kind of cool. It, it It's a little bit of a throwback to the old school vampire. I'm sorry, vampire monsters, but with like a new age twist. His writing style is very unique. Uh, for instance, one of the stories is told in a play format, which I found at first to be kind of off-putting, but then near the end of it, I was like, oh no, this is cool. So check out a wide carnivorous sky, or I'm sorry, the wide carnivorous sky. It's a, it's a great audiobook. Now let's jump into collect 360. If there was any time to grab a silent hill game on the cheap, it's now with the game silent hill homecoming. Historically silent hill games increase in value, like super quick. And for one reason or another, this title is still super reasonable. Uh, you should at least grab a used complete in box copy. If you can, uh, you probably can get it for about 15 bucks. And I don't know if you look at silent Hill titles, they are ridiculous. So I, there's no way this isn't going to be expensive down the road. Uh, my 360 spotlight game of the week is Beatles rock band. Ha! Now, look, I understand some people are not fans of this band or this type of game, but I would be hard pressed to play any other game that promotes the player to take psychedelics like this one does, um, the game's also charming, and it's a good run through their entire career. It's also like six dollars. If you got an old Guitar Hero guitar laying around and six bucks and some mushrooms, I think it's 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 money well spent. So, all right, let's get to this game's week, which is me saying that line backwards. Let's get to this week's game, which is Time Commando on the PlayStation One. Yeah. Time Commando is an action-adventure computer and video game developed by uh, Adeline Software and published by Electronic Arts in Europe, uh, Activision in America, and Virgin Interactive Entertainment in Japan. What the fuck? Like, why so many publishers? What's going on here? Anyways, let's talk first impressions. So the game begins with a long intro cutscene explaining how you work at some ultra crazy future government weapon museum lab. I don't know. And everybody looks absolutely ridiculous. Uh there's these like barely clothed, big breasted female lab assistants walking around, and apparently some crazy thick white-haired atoll sneaks in and plants a virus into like the, the defense computer. Um, I, I guess it just picks up time or across the universe. And your character pretty much Philip J. Fries himself into a time machine. And I think you have to go collect something to fix the existence of the world. I really don't know, but goddamn, it is funny as hell. Now let's talk about gameplay. Your character is named Stanley. Stanley looks like a spirit Halloween Ghostbuster. Stanley collects various weapons. Exclusive to the time periods. Stanley has a small life bar that grows larger when the player picks up life power ups. Stanley has multiple lives. Stanley will play through a level while at the same time a time bar will count the time until the virus completely takes over and Stanley dies. Stanley must traverse nine worlds that include prehistoric, Roman, feudal Japan, medieval, conquistador, the Wild West, modern wars, and virus land, I think? Uh, you are given passwords at the beginning of every stage, which are only like eight characters. And I don't really think there's a save feature. So uh, immediately you realize this game is tank controls. Um, another game where you run around fighting people with goddamn tank controls. However, this game didn't take long to get comfortable with, uh, especially with the fighting mechanics. You aim Stanley at your foe. You hit the attack button and a direction on the direction pad. Each direction does a different attack with like down, I think being blocked. And it's a super goofy block, by the way. You can also do some crazy, long winded wind up special attack and a side jump for avoiding incoming strikes or projectiles. I was already getting my butt kicked by cavemen in the first level, and I just could not get the distance correct. Soon I came across my first weapon, a rock. Uh, I threw it, and that was it, it was gone. I continued in the prehistoric zone to fight tigers and monkeys and a girl. And even dudes with clubs, which is how you obtain the next weapon, which I like to call the chicken club. One thing I found out later is you can search around the bushes and bone piles to get other items and weapons like a like a sharper stick, uh, eventually a spear. Um, they, they really throw a lot of weapons at you in this game very quickly, which I guess is a good thing since you pretty much have to spam attack everyone for your melee bouts. So uh, you pretty much just beat up what is ever thrown at you. The camera moves, you collect some red cube and you finish the level. It's pretty straightforward in the beginning. Um, But as you progress through the world, it will introduce areas you will need to like scale and climb. Um, You'll eventually encounter a world boss. In this instance, it's a gigantic bear and you fight him with a comically giant wooden club. This game is so silly. (laughs) When you enter a new world or place in time, it plays a decent like level intro with the, uh, the background shifting and kind of giving you an idea where you're at. In this case, you are in Rome and this lady slowly walks up to you with a shank behind her back. Uh, you proceed to kick her in the face and obtain the dagger. Uh, this level has you go from the interior of, of Rome to like the exterior. And like the last levels throws all kinds of new weapons at you. Like they're mainly swords though. And pro tip, if you're fighting like, say, uh, like force and charions, which is a part in this level, Um, keep your distance and they will accidentally like hit each other like idiot buffoons. (laughs) Uh, Eventually you will fight a giant lion inside of a coliseum, and boom, next world feudal Japan. This is the game loop in time commando. You go around the level, you clear the screen of foes, you collect cubes of various colors, collect life fragments that refill your health bar. Once depleted, use the weird globby portal area to reduce the virus time fight a boss and so on and so on. I did appreciate the overall variety though. Um, I give this game credit for making every level fresh eventually about the European middle age area. You get your first real projectile or ranged weapon and boy, this is a huge step up in attacking. Even if it takes a lifetime to load the crossbow, I found combat to actually be more in depth than I was expecting. Actually, uh, you know, the enemies dodge and block and they kind of force you to cycle through your weapons and, and, and block yourself. You do end up getting kind of good at it. Oddly enough, you eventually obtain like a spell casting scroll on this level, which makes fighting the the wizard boss pretty simple, but it's also really hilarious to watch these janky characters do this cast animation. (laughs) Now, After all that, the next level is a conquistador level. That gives you a lot of longer weapons and like a blow dart. <laughs> and for some reason, I kind of blew through this level. It's it's really just like kind of Mayan temples. I'm assuming you're the conquistador in this this time of history because you're mainly fighting kind of like natives. Um, I, I found this level to be super easy. I don't know why. Then I came to one of my favorite worlds, the Western world. And you get this cool little intro with like a population sign that has like populations crossed out and rewritten. And uh, you're welcomed to a land where you finally get firearms, you get dynamite, you also get the blow-up guys with comically large cowboy hats. Um, this isn't really the most intricate level. Uh, I, I am a sucker for Wild West themes, though. So then, of course, I'm going through this land, I'm shooting, I'm, I'm lobbing grenades. I kind of think this this area gets you prepared for uh, the rest of the game, which is primarily range combat. And this is the, uh, the, the little bit of the transition is how I felt because the next world you go to is modern wars as it's called, which I think is like a world war one take in an alternate reality. Um, this is mainly trench fighting and it's a lot of lobbing grenades and shooting uh, enemies from certain uh, perspectives and angles. I was impressed with the change of pace actually. And the range combat is now the focus even if it looks like utter trash. <laughs> I also like how the guns can be used as like a melee weapon with the bayonet. That's cool, they they added that. Um, there is this funny scene where a dog joins you for no reason in this level and just kind of guides you around, which I, I think that's kind of cool. And I think this level is by far the most interesting, especially with like, <laughs> with the one phase of the boss being roller skating grenade lobbing Marines and then it's dogs and elite soldiers, and then you fight a tank. And by the way, this battle is taking place in front of what I think is a dilapidated White House. The next two levels go completely off of the rails with like a mix of like sci-fi and a survival horror settings and enemies. Um, I don't want to ruin too much because these levels are actually pretty cool, but I will say that the weapons you obtain get way gnarly and over the top. Like, let's say, don't be surprised if you find yourself having a zero G Kung Fu fight with a cyber shark while a damsel in distress cowers behind you. Um, that might be the last fight actually. So that's no spoiler alerts. Also check out a secret level. If you want some full blown ridiculousness, <laughs> uh, might take place in a wrestling rink. So, I mean, i have summed up the game, how you play it, what it's about. So let's talk about the way it looks and the way it sounds. <laughs> This is an early 3D adventure game that tries its best to be cutting edge. I'm sure it hasn't aged that well, but you can see the effort put into this game. The FMV backgrounds are actually decent, and all the theming is nailed perfectly. The characters, however, look completely odd and are like collections of disproportionate polygons. Stanley himself looks like a guy made out of 80% shoulders. Part of me wants to think this is intentional since the game really does not take itself seriously. Um, but I don't know. This game is a mixture of of trying to be cool and trying to be goofy. The effects for like destroying objects and foes is really funny because it's like a floating dissolve. And I suppose it works with the whole like cyber virus thing happening. But I don't know. I, I It works well, for at least for their hardware. <laughs> all in all, the game does look like a product of its time. The sound quality isn't bad, neither. Sure, the music is lame, but some levels just have sound effects like wind in the Western level. And uh, the other music isn't super bad. It just sounds very mid-90s, you know? I do like the sound effects, though, like the attacking, the, the, the noises characters make uh, when you grab items. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah. And uh, the dramatic shifts in sound kind of add to its mid-90s charm. Also, the cutscenes are just fantastically silly. And this game has one of the funniest intros I've ever seen on a game thus far in this podcast. It's worth checking out that silly intro. Actually, you can just see it on my first impression video with my full commentary. That's the way to look at it. Link in the show notes. All right. Well, there's not much more I can tell you about the way it looks and sounds. I kind of praising it, uh, to be honest. And so let's get to a verdict. Time commando starts rough but earns your respect the further you dive into it. This game is by all means a total time capsule of its era and PC and PlayStation 1 history. It looks and plays fairly rough at first, but it is forgivable since you can adapt quickly to its controls, and I think the variety of level types, enemies, and weapons makes you want to push further. It's also really silly and funny, even if it's not entirely meant to be. Um, The game is surprisingly decent. And I'm gonna give it a C plus. I don't know if that surprised some of you, but yeah, I actually liked the game. Um, and I think it's it's got a short runtime of like three hours if you really fly through it. It's it's fun. <laughs> I don't know what it's worth or what, how much it costs, but um, I, I liked Time Commando. It's it's it surprised me. I thought it was gonna be absolute utter bullshit, garbage, perfect weapon part two, but it wasn't. So let's spin that wheel of retro. Okay. Hmm. So this is a game on the NES. You, hmm, you can choose one of four characters. You traverse a dreamscape like world that spans from deserts to oceans to it's Mario two. <laughs> it's Mario two on the NES. Um, Hey, man, this is a classic. Actually, my favorite Mario of the first three. I'm one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask everybody a question, though. I'm not sure who submitted this game, but if you did, I I have a uh, homebrew cartridge of this game, but it's done Christmassy. It's like Christmas version. I want to know if that would be the right one to play because it's almost December. And I've never actually played that, that that one. And I don't think it changes the game at all. It just changes the way it looks. It makes everything more like uh, winter and Christmas theme. So. If you submitted this game, let me know if that's cool. Otherwise, if I don't hear from you, we're going to play straight up Mario two on the NES. I always want to thank my patrons, all of you beautiful people. I want to thank, uh, Nog's 56 for, uh, upping his patronage from $2 to five. He now gets to put every month, a game in the Will of retro podcast podcast. What? Patreon pool. Ha! I guess that still works. Thank you for that. Uh, For only $2, though, you can get access to over 30 episodes of exclusive content, such as shows like Retro Deep Cuts, Backlog Eternal, and special events like the Super Garbage Bowl. If you got this far in the episode, uh, please consider leaving me a review. It helps the show grow the audience. And as usual, I always want to give shout outs to shows I've been listening to. So check out Retro Hangover. Check out Van Fernel's Retro Stream on the YouTube. The YouTube. I'm so old uh nostalgia is great new game plus as usual and uh backlog eternal check that one out too (laughs) join the discord it's free it's a small community of like-minded misfits like you and i and you can do things like vote on games that are to be picked for backlog eternal uh it's in the show notes please join it it's like the coolest place everybody's very welcoming and so far everybody in there is practically i consider them all friends now so good people good vibes good community And I will see you next week as we boot up the old NES and start grabbing some big-ass vegetables. May Cod be with you. Cut to B.